is the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. The best of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site, covering, of course, your Arizona Cardinals. This is a solo pod. This is episode 409 as we're talking free agency and the Arizona Cardinals. This is our second episode of the week. Uh, Seth Cox from Revenge of the Birds and the original Draft Breakdown podcast joined me on our episode 408 when we talked about the initial moves, the initial moves the Cardinals made, re-signings. Um, at that point, we only had the deal about Kaiser White and a bunch of inactivity. However, since then, the Arizona Cardinals have made a few more moves, and so we're gonna, I'm gonna talk about some of those and kind of still what there is to do. Um, there's mainly they, we have some contract numbers, uh, we have a couple of new players. And we got some positions that still need addressing. So let's start with the new players. Um, we knew about Kaiser White, the uh, linebacker, formerly the Philadelphia Eagles. And Seth and I talked about where he projects to play. Uh, we kind of know the contract numbers for that. It's a two-year deal worth $10 million and a max of $11 million, depending on playing time. He's got up to 500000 he can earn in each of the next two seasons. And his cap hit will be about $3.5 million in year one. Um, not much to say about that. Uh, the Cardinals have made two other uh, outside additions um, of note. One of them uh, addresses the offensive line position, kind of takes care of the, the guard position. I'm sorry, the center position potentially, um, and that is former Patriots and former Browns interior lineman Yelda Yelda Froholt. Yes, Yelda Froholt, um, Danish. He is Danish, but he played collegiately at Arkansas. Uh, What do we know about him? He played a couple of seasons for the New England Patriots. Okay. He was a fourth-round pick in 2019 by the Patriots. He was two years there. Um, did not play in 2019 his rookie season. Um, in 2020, he appeared in eight games um, for the Patriots. He had a brief stint on the practice squad of the Houston Texans, and that was about it. Uh, the The Browns then in 2021 signed him off the practice squad of the Houston Texans in 2021, and he appeared in six games but didn't start any of them in 2021. But in 2022, last season, he appeared in every game and was even a starter for six of them. He started four games at center and two at right guard. He was the backup to Ethan Posich, um, a center target uh, that we figured that the Cardinals might be interested in, how who did end up re-signing with the Cleveland Browns, but a couple of interesting notes. If you if you didn't catch the the article that I wrote on Cardswire about Froholt, is this um, he he kind of is a he's a guy that the organization knows what they're getting, and I'm going to say this: uh, General Manager Monty Austin Fort, he was the director of college scouting 
when the Patriots drafted Froholt in 2019 in the fourth round. So he is a guy that he's a player that that Austin Fort knows quite well, scouted him and believed in him at least a certain amount. And then after the two seasons there, he was with the Browns and new Cardinals offensive coordinator Drew Petzing. He would have worked with Froholt. Uh, as he was quarterback's coach and, and another position coach before that. He wouldn't work with the offensive line specifically, but he would definitely know the type of player that Froholt is. So we've got two play- so we've got a connection to two players. Now what what do we expect from Froholt um, at minimum? And we haven't seen the contract details, but it's a two year deal, which is which is of note. Um, they don't they, if you look at the type of signings that the Cardinals make, you don't typically uh, on a on a guy that you don't anticipate being on the roster, you don't typically give him a two year deal. Um, the numbers haven't come out yet; haven't seen them yet. Um, but that sort of indicates that they in- they anticipate he will. Oh, well, we do have some numbers. In fact, there are. Um, it's a two year, two point, almost three million dollar deal. Nothing much. He he gets the. He gets a $1.1 million um, salary, I'm sorry, signing bonus, and just and then the league minimum $1.01 million uh, for his salary in 2023. Uh, his salary is fully guaranteed. So this will tell you they do absolutely anticipate him being on the roster this season. They've guaranteed his salary for this season. Um, what does that mean at, at, the, at the rate he's getting? At minimum... He's going to be your Max Garcia type player. He's going to be, they view him as potentially a backup center, backup guard, your backup interior lineman. Or perhaps, just perhaps, they view him as a legitimate option as a starting center. Um, coming out of college, coming out of college, kind of the scouting report was this. Uh, he was, and kind of reads this, so he. He primarily lined up a guard when he played at Arkansas, but it says, but a move to center might be his best shot as a pro. Um, he has adequate athleticism uh, at 6'5", 306 pounds. His arm length is not great at 31 and a quarter, but that's something you can get away with at center. And he ran the 40 in 5.2 seconds, uh, vertical leap at 27 and a half. Broad jump of eight foot nine, three cone of seven point five one. All reasonable things. Strong, thirty one reps of the bench press of two twenty five. Um, and and now you don't like to see the numbers that that he had because in his in seventeen games last season, again six starts, he had five penalties and he allowed seven sacks. Uh, the per Pro Football Focus, and and that was in five hundred and ninety one. Um, total offensive snaps played, uh, five sacks, I'm sorry, seven sacks, three hits, 11, I mean, sorry, 18 pressures. Um, th- how it lined up, he had 353 snaps at center, 230 at right guard, and then he was a jumbo tight end, an extra sixth blocker uh, three times last season for the Browns. Um, that isn't necessarily, you know, promising. Um, however, it was enough that between Petsing and Austinfort, they believed that he could be, at minimum, your main interior back, whether he's backup center, backup But If we have someone to compare that to, that would probably be the Max Garcia 
the Max Garcia of 2021. Um, when he was their backup center, also played some guard over the last the two years. Uh, Max Garcia ended up coming back. So that's what we know about Yelda, about Yelda Froholt. And, and so that's what we're getting in him. They also brought in a defensive lineman out of the Tennessee Titans. That is Kevin Strong, um, but only to a one-year deal. Um, let me see if we have the numbers to do that as well. And it turns out that we do not. So the, the contract details, but it, I, if I had to guess, that's probably somewhere near the league minimum with a, a small amount of guarantee. But he's, he's a guy that hasn't played. He hasn't been a starter yet. He hasn't been a starter. But once again, once again, he's a player that has ties to the organization. Um, he began, actually, he's got a couple of a couple of connections. He started out with the Detroit Lions as an undrafted rookie out of UTSA, U- University of Texas San Antonio, and he started with the with the the Lions. Okay, why is that significant? Uh, that's because assistant general manager Dave Sears had been the co- the director of college scouting for the Lions up until well, the Cardinals hired him away. And so now, granted, he wasn't drafted. However, he was. Um, undrafted rookie and he did have some production there from 2019 to 2021 he appeared in a total of 15 games he had a sack 20 20 tackles um, a tackle for loss a couple quarterback hits uh he it was in 2022 last year with the with the titans that he had his first extended playing time he he did start one game um he appeared in 16 of this of this team's 17 games um, was I mean didn't get significant playing time. He played in 29% of the team's uh, defensive snaps, 304. He also played a little bit in special teams, and he he had a little bit of production. He had a little bit of production, 23 tackles total. He also knocked down a couple of passes at the line of scrimmage. Can we, what can you expect from a guy like Kevin Strong? Uh, once we get the contract numbers, we can see kind of what whether he's a strictly depth maybe make the team kind of guy or they anticipate him being you know a rotational backup think michael dogme jonathan ledbetter that sort of player so those are the two guys that we know of that have, that the cardinals have brought in we don't know of any other uh we don't know of any other players yet and this is at recording as of thursday night um so coming up the uh, next the rise of sea red podcast the best of cardinals talk on the web i'm going to go over some of the in other internal additions that we've learned since then that's coming up next rise of sea red we're back on the rise of sea red podcast the best of cardinals talk on the web the one other uh re-signing that we know about is is zeke turner uh zeke turner uh, linebacker and special teams ace. Uh, they they inked him to a one year deal, which makes sense. Um, there's nothing nothing crazy about that. It's probably somewhere near the league minimum, but we'll have to wait and see. And his return makes sense because of uh, the the re- retain the retaining of of assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers. Um, what we're seeing so far, at least with this part of the offseason, is that the special teams unit appears to be a focus on bringing guys back. Thus far of the re-signings we have, well, we've got 
Greg Dorch, who is their punt returner. Okay, he's been re-signed. You've got Matt Prater, their kicker, has been re-signed to a two-year deal. Got some numbers on that in just a moment. Uh, and they brought back now uh, Zeke Turner, who is who was um, a core special team. He's, he's, kind of, he's their personal protector in punt game. He, he does everything. He's blocked punts. He gets special teams tackles. He's a do-it-all type of special teams player. Will he have a role on defense in, in on this year like he did uh, for the Cardinals this last year? We'll have to wait and see. He played a handful of snaps um, this last season. He made a few plays as well. But that makes sense. Which and and with that, with that return, we can that kind of will signal to us that in terms of the special teams, we're probably going to see a return of most of the guys. Um, what does that mean? Well, in terms of a potential salary cap casualty, Dennis Gardeck is. They, people are kind of looking at Gardeck's. Um, contract numbers and looking, that's a potential. He got a three-year, $12 million deal last offseason. They could save a little bit of money that way. However, with the return of Jeff Rogers and with the play that he has on special teams, um, I, I would say it's pretty safe to say that he is probably going to be back this next year and that especially with the type of, of football character that he has, I can imagine that he will be a player that Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis both just adore. He's exactly the type of player you want on your roster in that sense. Um, with that, uh, like there, there are some contract numbers to look at. Uh, Matt Prater, he actually gets a raise. And you know, if you kind of look at what he got last season, so his last contract, he was two years and four and a half million. He comes back on seven and a half million dollars, four million of a guaranteed. And, and while when we recorded uh, the show the other night, we just knew that Prater was coming back. We didn't know how it was structured. It's pretty straightforward. He gets a three million dollar, uh, he gets a two and a half million dollar signing bonus, and he's going to make one point five million in salary for guaranteed this season. So he gets four million in cash in twenty twenty three, and then he will get three and a half million in salary in twenty twenty four. Although, if, you know, say he declines rapidly or decides to retire, um, they will not handcuff them significantly. They would carry one and a quarter million in dead money um, in 2024 if they moved on from Prater. Uh, with that, I, I guess we can, we can say with mild confidence, what can we expect on, on special teams? Who are some other players that we might um, see coming back? I think for one, uh, long snapper Aaron Brewer will probably be one that they bring back. And potentially Andy Lee, the punter, he was uh, a slightly later signing last offseason. Um, but they are getting at the age where you wonder if they're going to continue playing. A one-year deal for Lee makes a lot of sense if you want to kind of bring the gang back together. Um, other special teams guys to kind of look at uh, as we look at uh, Charles Washington. Uh, he, he won't get signed right away. Obviously, Chris Banjo, Chris Banjo, who has been who is on the team for the last four seasons, he won't be playing because he now is an assistant special teams coach for the Denver Broncos, um, and they released him so he could do that. But uh, other guys to watch watch for Charles Washington, who is a core special teamer, um, even though he's healed up with injuries the last couple of years. Uh, Chris Clement, we forgot to mention him. He was one of the first re-signings, running back and special teams guy um, late in the season. 
So uh, we, we are seeing a clear focus that special teams will be a unit that they kind of want to bring back familiar faces. Um, absolutely. And a couple other guys of note. We haven't the only the only announcement that we've received on the ex- exclusive rights for agent players is Greg Dortch. He signed his deal, and the team announced that they had a couple other um, exclusive rights free agent players that have not been announced. Um, listed on EasyCardinals.com, uh, Jerem, uh, Jonathan Ledbetter, defensive lineman, uh, cornerback Jace Whitaker and receiver Andre Bacelli. Bacelli. Uh, one thing of note of Bacelli is uh, that might have been an oversight because on the NFLPA side, it shows that he has a salary for the 2023 season. So I think he returns. Um, an interesting thing is that Jonathan Ledbetter, there was no announcement to his re-signing. However, over the cap does have him listed of having signed his exclusive rights tender. Um, which means he will return. And he was a guy, in fact, that, that general manager Monty Austin Fort mentioned at the NFL Combine as a defensive lineman who played well for the team last season. What that means moving forward doesn't necessarily mean anything, but he did not have the freedom to hit free agency if the Cardinals tendered him. However, one player, cornerback Jace Whitaker, who kind of was a, a guy you couldn't get rid of, he did not get tendered according to what I've seen on over the cap, unless we see it later. Uh, which means he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Whitaker was a guy that, uh, an undrafted kid out of the University of Arizona. Nothing about him was all that spectacular. However, he did cut his teeth on special teams and bounced between the practice squad and the active roster for each of the last two seasons. Um, He was a guy that Vance Joseph trusted, and despite being a less skilled cornerback, because of his knowledge of both playing inside and out and the knowledge of the defense, we saw him get playing time over other guys, and we saw him promoted to the practice squad from the practice squad to get special teams reps and some play on defense. Um, as it looks, it would appear that this coaching staff does not value him the same way. And my guess, keep an eye out, especially late in the offseason or coming out of the training camp where they're signing camp bodies and things like that, Jace Whitaker might find himself with the Denver Broncos and Vance Joseph. Also of note, something we did not discuss the other day is they had two two potential restricted free agents, quarterback David Blau and, and wide receiver Antoine Wesley. Neither of them was tendered an offer and both become unrestricted free agents. What does that mean for either of them? Uh, it, was an, it was a no-brainer move. David Blau... Like, the lowest tender, just the right of first refusal just to match, was a $2.6, almost $2.7 million salary. You weren't going to pay either Wesley or Blau that much money um, to return. There won't be that much interest anywhere else. Um, Wesley was a guy that, that the Cardinals were kind of counting on to be productive, but unfortunately the injury bug caught him, and he didn't play at all last season. He had ties to Cliff Kingsbury. He's a guy from Texas Tech. Um, long receiver. We'll see if if they bring him back. Uh, obviously, he can he can be re-signed at any time, but he can also sign with any other team. But it will be interesting to see um, if this coaching staff values his skill set. Um, the same goes for David Blau. I do think David Blau has a little bit of a chance. Um at least on being a quarterback three, quarterback four on the roster, especially so Kyler Murray is not going to be working in the offseason program. According to Michael Bidwill, uh, Colt McCoy will be limited 
in the offseason program after his minor offseason procedure, which means they need guys. David Blau entered the league with the Den- with the Detroit Lions, who was the guy over college scouting. That was Dave Sears. Dave Sears is the Cardinals' assistant general manager, so there is at least a connection there. At least a connection there. What are the Cardinals doing at quarterback, though? That's coming up next. Coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, best our Cardinals talk on the web. Going to discuss a little bit the moves that have yet to happen. What do they need to do? What is still out there? That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. This is Jess Root on a solo pod, um, talking to you about some of the updates in NFL free agency and what's going on with the years and the Cardinals. Um, thus far, the Cardinals still have not taken care of the quarterback position. They have mildly addressed the center position. They have mildly addressed the defensive line, and they haven't done anything at the cornerback yet. Um, the quarterback scenario is kind of interesting because it, it, everyone, it seems local and national media, were, were um, expecting the Cardinals to be a player in the quarterback market. Kyler Murray is out. Uh, he's probably going to miss some games to start the season, probably. Colt McCoy, not has doesn't have any real connection with this which coaching staff and is banged up right now recovering from an offseason procedure we haven't been told exactly what that is so what are they going to do quarterback who's going to be the start at the start of the season it felt like the names that made sense and Seth and I broke these down but the name that kept coming up ever was Jacoby Brissett which made a lot of sense Drew Petzing was a quarterback's coach for the Browns last season Jacoby Brissett started 11 games for the Browns last season there's more connections as well because Jacoby Brissett was also on the Colts when Jonathan Gannon was on the coaching staff of Frank Wright for the Colts. Jacoby Brissett was drafted by the Patriots when uh, Monty Austin Fort was the director of scouting over at the Patriots. So there, there were a lot of reasons to think that Jacoby Brissett would be a guy to come here, except guess what he got? He got a legitimate starting job. He got the shot at starting for the Washington Commanders. Gets a one-year, $10 million deal. All he's got to do is beat out uh, Sam Howell, which, if you look at Bissett's career, he's probably going to do that. And and good for him, honestly. The, the He played well enough last season. Nothing spectacular statistically. But he played well enough last season to, to warrant competition for a starting job and not be just a placeholder, which he would have been here. Like, here he would have been the in-question starter for a few games. Which leads us to wonder, are they going to be a player at quarterback? Like, do they like they already have significant money tied up in Kyler Murray. They already have a bunch of guaranteed money tied up with Colt McCoy. How much money are they going to commit to a third quarterback? Now, I get, but there, there are some names out there that kind of make sense. Um, Carson Wentz. No, no, he doesn't make sense. He's available. He's talented. And and there's, there is a small connection to the team because the Cardinals' new passing game coordinator receivers coach Drew, Tuel, Drew Terrell was on the Washington Commanders staff this last season. Does that help Carson Wentz, who was ultimately benched by the end of the season? I don't know if it does. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, he really kind of fits the mold. Um, he has been a backup He's been a starter. He can start multiple games if need be. And last year he was the backup to Tua Tonga Vailoa out in Miami. Before that, he was the starter for most of the year for the Denver Broncos. Before that, he was the starter 
uh, and a, you know, a starter that everyone's ready to move on from with the Carolina Panthers. Before that, he backed up Drew Brees for the New Orleans um, Saints. Now, why does Teddy Bridgewater make sense? Because he comes from the Minnesota Vikings originally. Drew Petzing knows Teddy Bridgewater. He was on the offensive staff for Mike Zimmer back when Teddy Bridgewater first came in the league and was a starter. And so he's a guy that would make sense. He knows the how that type of offense. And he, he probably will link. Now, he's probably going to want more money than, than so many other guys out there. And then the other names, like Matt Ryan, you know, kind of a washed-up starter, did not have a good year last year with the Colts. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it'd be kind of a questionable thing to do right there. Matt Ryan, and, 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 and this is this thing that we don't see a lot of. It isn't very often. It is rare, in fact, that we see a long-time great starter, which Matt Ryan has had. He's had a great career. Um, end up his career being a backup. Most starting quarterbacks don't want to do that. There's, there are a handful that do that, but the greats do not. They don't hang around as backups. They... They want to move on with their career. So if Matt Ryan is has anything left in the tank, he's going to want to go somewhere to potentially start or have a shot. And probably not a scenario like here where, at best, you'd be starting for a handful of games and then right off into the sunset. Marcus Mariota uh, started for the Falcons last season, has a decent skill set. Interestingly, he did play for the Titans, but... When Monty Austinfort joined the Titans, it was the year that Mariota was was sent away. Is <laughs> the year that he ended up going to the Raiders. So I don't know if that I wouldn't call that a connection with Monty Austinfort in that case. Um, and there's a joke to be had with Marcus Mariota because last year after he was benched in favor of Desmond Ritter, when the Falcons were ready to see what their rookie quarterback had, Mariota clearly was not happy with that. He packed up and quit and left the team after he got benched. And, you know, this is the kind of the kind of the same scenario. He can start a few games and then he can disappear once Kyler comes back. Um in, in all seriousness though, I'm beginning to wonder if if the coaching staff already kind of feels like that Colt McCoy can be that guy to start the season. And and so what quarterback will they bring in? It'll be a third-style quarterback, uh, young developmental-type quarterback, just to kind of get snaps. It'll be interesting to see what they do there. On the offensive line, um, obviously center, but we're not quite, we're, we're not exactly at what the hell uh, as we were the other night where, you know, Rodney Hudson, there's a couple things that, it's official, Rodney Hudson's been released. He's no longer on the roster. They did for cap purposes. They, they're spreading this, it's a June, post-June 1st designation along with J.J. Watt. We knew that was going to happen. But, so now, basically, the only center, the only center on the roster right now is Yelda Froholt. And then, if you think Lasita Smith has a chance, at least at left guard right now, you kind of feel like they've got players. And with Josh Jones, Lasita Smith, Marquise Hayes, you've got guys that maybe you could plug in. At center, it's still like, mm, well, maybe Froholt. They think he can be a starter. I still think there's moves to be made. Defensive line, okay, they addressed it with with Kevin Strong, okay. Cornerback, still still no idea. It, it looked like there'd be the potential to bring in a former Eagles player. Darius Slay was about to be released. He was not released. And in the end, Darius Slay gets a $2 million deal redone to return to um, to return to the 
to, to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, as I forget who I'm talking about. Uh, but the one position now that you're like, okay, what are we really going to do is cornerback. And, uh, we, and Seth and I talked about that. Nothing's changed. The names are the same. But we're, we're waiting for that. We're waiting for something to happen at cornerback. Um, and that's kind of what we got moving forward. Um, other than that, there really hasn't been a lot of movement. The Cardinals have lost another couple of players in free agency. Uh, those are pieces that I wrote about Thursday night. Um, but they're nothing of particular importance unless, and this is where we have to see the, the contracts. One, offensive lineman Cody Ford. Um, the Cardinals sent a fifth-round pick to the Buffalo Bills before last season to acquire him. It was kind of a, a panic mode because they had an issue at left guard. Uh, Justin Pugh was banged up. Justin Murray... Um, had a setback and he couldn't he wasn't healthy and so they didn't have any depth right there and Max Garcia had already left somewhere else so they traded for Cody Ford who immediately injured his ankle and missed the start of the season that ended up being away but he signs with the Cincinnati Bengals we'll have to wait and see on the salary if it if it's something more than like the league minimum if you get into that two million dollar a year range it was just a one-year deal I believe then it can start to factor into the compensatory formula Okay, that that's the only thing of significance right now. Uh, the Cardinals probably weren't going to bring him back, and he moves on to another place. Uh, also, another low low free agency loss: defensive lineman Tristan Hill. If you recall, he was added late in the season when the Cardinals had basically all their defensive linemen land on injured reserve. Tristan Hill was claimed off waivers when he was cut by the Cowboys. He's a guy with with some with some pass rushing um, potential, but obviously. This coaching staff did not value him as much. He signs a one-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. That is, it looked like they're bulking up their defensive line there. Uh, again, I anticipate this will probably be something near a league minimum type like deal. But if it does creep into that two-plus million dollar range, then it can factor in the compensatory formula later on, assuming that he makes the team and plays enough for next season. And and with that, there's not much else to talk about. Um, we've got we kind of covered the the signings that the Cardinals have had, the additions. We talked about who's left. We talk about some of the re-signings. There's not much else yet to do, and so with that, I'll wrap up this edition of the Rise of Secret Podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Um, listeners, of course, you know the deal. We've been doing this for ten years. Subscribe, like all that stuff. But if there's anything you guys want to hear about, you know where to you know where to hit me up on on Twitter, Senor Jess Root. You can find me at, at cardswire.com. All that stuff. Um, we'll be back again this next week, um, talking more free agency for sure. I'm Jess Root. This is the Rise of Sea Root Podcast. Thanks for listening as always. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red.